work-life balance. It seems like this never-ending game of counterbalance. And the reality is this roofing industry somehow takes over our life in many ways and it can and it becomes an addiction and it's tempting sometimes we do it by choice sometimes it feels like we're reacting and if this has happened to you you're in the right place you wake up in the morning one of the first things you do is you reach over on your end table you grab your cell phone and you see notifications just like my phone is blowing up with notifications right now and you look into them your eyes are barely open and boom you are in work mode you're reacting you're putting out fires you try to get out the door, but all of a sudden you are distracted by your, your email, your notifications that you're behind schedule. You're racing out the door. You don't eat a good breakfast. And then your entire day feels like all you're doing is in reaction mode. This person ran late. This person showed up early. I spaced this. And then all of a sudden the end of the day comes and all you're thinking is, I just wish I had a few more hours to get caught up. That's what happened to me, and I'm sure it's what's happening to you right now. Or maybe if not right now, you can relate because it's happened to you. And we begin to sacrifice the quality of our life by first giving up on the things that are healthy for us. Maybe it's exercise, and then it's how we eat. And many of us, like myself, I gained 30 pounds when I got into the roofing game. 30 pounds on this frame, all right? That was a lot of weight. And, and after we give up the healthy stuff, the consequences begin to lean on us on our family relationships, the people we love the most, the people who we want to be spending time with. And it's work and, and their family, right? So they'll get it. And then we peel back on that. And then all of a sudden it bleeds into our personal lives and our personal relationships. We just don't have time. And before you know it, it feels like everything outside of work is just second to the main thing, which is this whole work thing. So I wanted to do this video to share with you nine different strategies to help you find a true work-life balance because this industry is addicting. It's addicting because the more we work, the more we earn and the more we can make. And if we worked a cubicle job or a salary job, you're not going to be busting your butt or burning the candle at both ends because you get paid the same amount no matter what. But we essentially write our own paychecks here. So without further ado, let's get into it. Nine different ways for you to develop work-life balance. And I got to do a quick disclaimer. Uh, I need to work on these myself. I, I am very, it's important to me. And I find myself constantly going from this state of balance to working too much. And uh, I'm no saint. All I'm just saying is I'm not sitting here preaching like I have this mastered. But I want to share with you what's been working for me and the people I work with. So uh, again, welcome or welcome back. My name's Adam Benzman, if you're new here, uh, The Roof Strategist. Everything I do here on this YouTube channel and my podcast and in my all-in-one sales training and sales system is designed to help you and your team smash your income goals. And if you like what you see here and you want more, then go ahead and smash that subscribe button to be notified of every new video. All right, let's get to it. So nine different ways to get work-life balance dialed. First, uh, and by the way, big credit to Sheena Sheena Benzman on the other side of this camera. Thank you, Sheena, because she helped brainstorm all these things because as a couple who is married and business partners, we work together. And this is something that we both are trying to do. And I probably need more help than she does. <laughs> she's, she's, my, she's my rock. All right. First is you want to audit your time. Now, this Sheena started. She goes, first, you got to just say, you got to audit your time. Figure out where are your time leaks. A lot of people say, I don't have time for that. But if you had screen time on your phone and it showed Facebook or social media or Instagram showing up, 
with the amount of time you spent on there. Or maybe you get, you know, some people say, oh, I don't have time. What do you do at night? Oh, I've been binging through Ozark and I've watched 17 episodes in two days. You just need to give yourself an honest assessment of where you spend your time. And in previous videos, I shared with you my journal, which is right here, just off camera, where I've literally uh, documented with a, with a time log what I do when. And you can see it. I'd have to thumb through. Um, I've been on the road a lot, so I haven't been, been doing that. So audit your time and give yourself a true and honest assessment of where you're spending it and where it's leaking. Uh, number two is with your cell phone. Turn off all notifications. And when I say all, um, and I'm just going to write notice for short. So the reason, when I say all, that includes your email and your text message. What I've found is that text messages are seldom urgent. If people need you, they're going to call. So I don't have text message notifications. Um, I don't have email notifications anywhere on my phone. Why? Because they're nonstop. And then I get trained like a Pavlovian dog, ding, whoop, there, and then I'm pulled into this. So what I do is I have dedicated times that I'll check my inbox. And sometimes those are scheduled. Sometimes those are just batched throughout project time or working with customers. And you need to do the same thing. So get all those notifications off your phone. I've watched people that I've been in meetings who are paying for my time. They have an Apple watch on and it dings and like a dog, we're in the middle of conversation and ding it. And then they turn to read it and then they go through this and then they respond and they go, where were we again? And I realize this is a truly dysfunctional way to operate. So get those uh, cell phone notifications all turned off. All right, tip number nine, this is, we're going back, we're going old school. Get an alarm clock. Now, the reason I say get an alarm clock, Sheen and I, we say that there's no contraband allowed in the bedroom. Contraband is a cell phone. Why? Because they're a distraction. We end up finding that like, we're sitting here looking at our phone instead of talking to each other. Or you get on your phone, you're scrolling or reading, or you're on Reddit, you're on Facebook, you're reading the news, and the entire night slips away, and you're like, how to get to be 11.30 or 12 o'clock right, all the way already. So getting that phone out of your room is going to break the habit of falling asleep to it. You're going to sleep better. And then when you wake up to the alarm clock, uh, you don't first thing grab your phone. So it's a habit. Ours charge in our laundry room on chargers out of the bedroom and we have our emergency list of who would call if anything actually happens so we would be notified. So there's tip number three. Uh, number four we have is the morning routine. Now I'll tell you, if it's important to you, the only time that's going to get done is in the morning and it needs to become that daily routine. When it's routine, it becomes daily habit. It's very simple to do. And what I found like working out to me, I always waited. I wanted to say, hey, I'm going to go work out at the end of the day, blow off some steam. But then I kept finding the same thing. The end of the day was six, bleeding on seven, bleeding on eight, and I was starving. So then I prioritized cooking a good meal. By the time I'm done, it's like nine o'clock. I don't want to work out or I got a full belly. And trying to squeeze in the important pieces, when you actually think about it, it's kind of funny. We all do it, but it's nuts. It's like, this is the most important thing to me, but I'm going to build this around the rest of my life versus building my rest of my life around this. It's a pretty substantial shift. So to me, that morning routine every day, I, I meditate first thing. I then go and I do a, a stretching routine and then I work out and I generally do either some reading or some sort of uh, learning, whether that's on specific YouTube videos, whether it's podcasts or whether it's audiobooks. but I like to stimulate my mind and I journal. So those are to me the most important things and I just build my day around it. So I started to wake up earlier. So I have three hours to myself for this stuff before things get crazy. All right. Now, uh, and by the way, I realize three hours might not be possible for everybody. And the truth is when I was 
commuting an hour and 45 minutes one way, that has to come from somewhere. And those times got shortened. All right. Now, morning routine. Uh, next one is scheduling all of your big commitments. Now, what do I mean by this? I'll give you an example. Sheen and I, we hadn't taken a vacation in two years and we've just been really busy. And all of a sudden we're getting, I'm booked out, booked out, booked out. And we are like, if we want to get a vacation in, the only way isn't to figure out like, when's it going to work? We'll just squeeze it in. We needed to just schedule it. So we schedule the vacations. We schedule that time off. So it's on the calendar and we've made that commitment. And now the, the decision fatigue is gone. The anxiety about it's gone because it's just decisions made. And now as the things come in, we can say yes or no to the opportunities because we have a a schedule already there. And I found when I was roofing, if I was out of town or between offices and I knew it was a big event, I just planned around it. It's like, oh, there's a a graduation or a birthday or an anniversary. I have to be there for that. So getting those commitments scheduled early and not just trying to wing it. If you're a non-committal person, you just got to commit. You're going to feel a whole lot better doing it. All right. Next is giving yourself office hours. And the main reason is so you can have permission to turn off. You can choose to put this on your email auto response in your email signature and on your voicemail. Hey, this is so-and-so. I respond to all emails, texts, and phone calls between the hours of 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, which by the way, it's a lot of hours. And if you set this, what you now know is expectations have been set and you can give yourself permission to actually turn off your mind. All right. My next piece here is having one day off a week. Now, I know this might sound like for some, if you're maybe like me, you're like, whoa, like a full day. (laughs) And other people are like, how are you only taking a day? But to me, like that's the day to turn off. If text messages come in, don't respond. It's not, you can absolutely love. I am deeply in love with what I do more than anything that I've ever done. And at the same time, I find that it's beneficial for me to serve better when I have some grounding time. So having that one day off for me, that's usually a Sunday. Sometimes it's a Saturday. If I got travel, I'm getting ready for on a Sunday because I know I'm usually working at the airport or to me that travel day is filled with some sort of work, work obligations. So just having that one day to just tune everything out. It's amazing how much just one day can help recharge you. All right, which brings us to number eight. And this one's my favorite one. And this one is the one that has helped me the most. And that's having a bedtime. True story. I have a bedtime. I am in bed between 9 and 10 a.m. Excuse me, p.m. That'd be funny if it was 9 or 10 a.m. I'd get a lot done all overnight. Uh, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. And the reason is I wake up at 5.30 a.m. I know some people, which I love, by the way, seeing the guys at the gym by 3.30. I wish I could do that. I'm slowly inching it up. Now I'm to about five naturally before the alarm. And it's funny, I didn't think that I'd just wake up naturally eager to start the day. But it's through routine, I ensure that I sleep enough. I ensure that when Sheen and I, which by the way, we also got hooked into Ozark, we're like, ah, one more episode. And I'm like, it's 9.30. I don't want to start an episode at 9.30 because then I'm going to want to finish it and then it's going to be 10.30 and then I'm going to get ready for bed and then it's 11 and then I just lost an hour of sleep and then I wake up groggy and don't do my workout. So to me, wind down is usually about 9, 9.30-ish in bed. That way, if I want to read a little bit, I'm asleep and then I can be up at, at my time. And again, you might laugh at me that I'm sleeping in too much. Some people might say, how do you start wake up that early? But my point is not to preach. It's to say, you got to find what works for you. And then here's the, the last one is you need to develop uh, daily routines. 
And these daily routines become habit. There's a couple of really good books on, on habits. I really like Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit. And by the way, if you download a free copy of my Pitch Like a Pro Roofing Sales Training Video Library, there's a link in the description. Uh, it's now in there, my, my recommended reading list, and you'll see all these books on there. But there's uh, Charles Duhigg did a great one. Um, the one thing, not quite on habit, but really talked about kind of daily initiatives and plans. And the big idea is that when we remove willpower, these routines become habit. Now it's routine for me to wake up at five before my alarm, naturally. Now it's routine that I fall asleep either with no TV on or reading a book. I don't have a cell phone. So in the room, all of these little things you, you just you don't think about. And it becomes second nature. We live life on autopilot. And we can control those autopilots by either being reactive or taking control. And all we got to do is commit to that for six weeks. And boom, before you know it, it, it takes off autonomously. I absolutely love it. So there you have it. And by the way, I got to say one last thing. What I miss, what keeps you grounded with work-life balance? I'd love to hear from you, and I know so would other people. So drop a comment in the comment section below. And uh, let's hear. What keeps you relaxed? What do you find rejuvenating? What's your biggest tip for keeping work-life balance? I'd be curious because I'm always working on myself. Uh, and by the way, one more thing that I didn't even think to add. I started to write a list. It was actually the other day flying back from a speaking event. I started to write down as many things as I could think of that relax me. Even things like taking the dog for a walk or reading to just become more consciously aware to build more time in my day for those daily routines. So there you have it. Nine different ways to help improve your work-life balance. I appreciate you being here with me. And if you want more, hop into this video. And if you haven't done it, you can download a free copy of my Pitch Like a Pro video training right here. We'll see you soon. Hey, don't go anywhere just quite yet. This episode has come to a close, but I do have just a couple things for you. First, I want to thank you for listening to the Roof Strategist podcast. And I'd love to ask you a favor. Can you help me out here? Give a review to the podcast wherever it is that you stream. This helps the podcast grow, get in more people's ears and help people smash their income goal and give every customer an amazing experience. So good, bad, otherwise I do keep an eye on these and I wanna help and I do look for video and podcast suggestions. Second, you might be interested in a product or a program to help you grow your business, grow your sales, and achieve, or better yet, smash your income goals, and I'd be honored to help. Many folks don't know where to start, and I wanna simplify it for you. The best place for you to get started is with my all-in-one sales training, sales strategy, and sales system that I call the Roofing Sales Success Formula. And I will take you through everything you need to know from knock to close in a lightning fast nine and a half hours, whether that's for you, the individual sales rep, or as the standard training for teams. And there's a reason that it's being used by thousands of reps in the field as we speak, including some of the top 100 roofing companies in America. Now, if you are looking for some more ongoing help and support and really looking to fine tune your infinite game in sales and business, I invite you to join me and my fellow mentors, John Cenac, Deshaun Bryant, Matt Mulholland, and Jim Aline inside the Pitch Pro movement. Listen, there's links in the podcast description that will walk you through everything and direct you to those websites. But if you do want to chat with my team or with me, you can call or text 303-222-7150. That's 303 303- 222-7133. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next episode.